You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where each and every week, Pam, we're having straightforward, honest conversations with all the folks that comprise this Sexy Marriage Radio Nation, which... If you listen to the show, you're part of the SMR Nation. Even if you've only listened to one minute, I'm still calling you a member of the nation. I don't know. One minute, I might have to put a qualifier in there. Well, you can. Uh, a I, minute. I, I draw. I draw a line in the sand. It has to be a full episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow, hardliner <laughs> here going on. Where, but what we want from the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation is they help steer the ship. And help us to figure out where we're going, what questions we're going to answer, topics we're going to cover, guests that we can even have on, because some of them are recommended from the SMR Nation. And so you let us know what's on your mind or what questions you've got at 214-702-9565 or email us at feedback at sexymergeradio.com because we read every single one that comes in. Mm -hmm. Some of them get put in the queue. They'll be answered directly some will be answered just directly via the inbox to mm-hmm. inbox mm-hmm. avenue but we love the fact that uh whenever we hear from you guys we know where we're heading that's right because we want to try to be a help with what's going on in you in your world and your situation so that uh you can find a, find a way through mm-hmm. and navigate to this other end of what can be really really great another thing that's also been really really great Lately, it's just some of the feedback I'm still getting from the State of Our Union. Oh, wonderful. <clears throat> that there's Good. just some great things that are happening. We even have some international now Love that. That, have, that have jumped on board and are getting the weekly conversation touch points. Yeah. And so if you're interested in that, go to smrnation.com forward slash union, and it'll tell you all about how to start the conversation and the dialogue to have some regular conversations about the meaningful not just the surface. Yeah, it's the same stuff, same questions Corey and I ask each other every week, too. Absolutely. Yep. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation that I had with Larry Hagner. That He is the founder that kicked off, uh, it was the Good Dad Project originally, and then it since has kind of morphed into the better description is the Dad Edge podcast. And they still have the Dad Edge Alliance, and there's a bunch of other things that are that are coming out to just really help men be better dads. Yeah. But he also made a comment as we were talking, because we've interacted several times over the years, um, that some of the highest downloaded content on his site with the episodes and the writings are on marriage. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So he knows kind of a niche that people are looking for too. Well, it it, it speaks to the fact that uh, men are interested, interested in marriage mm-hmm. and they're interested in how do I be better? Right. So obviously his work goes towards uh, men and being a father. That's kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. But when you go deeper into it, you start looking at, no, this is just how do we shape men into being better? That's kind of his whole goal. And so it's a fantastic conversation. It had some fun with him. And then coming up on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash Academy. Pam and I are going to dissect from a woman's point of view 
What was her takeaway from the conversation that Larry and I had? Check it out. All that's coming up on today's show. Well, joining me today for Sexy Marriage Radio uh, is a guy I've had several conversations with over the years, Larry Hagner uh, with the Dad Edge Alliance, the Dad Edge Podcast, um, just Dad Edge. I mean, everybody, all, all, I think all the men probably, we're all looking for that edge, right? And Yeah, man. Everybody wants the edge. <laughs> we want the X factor, right? Totally. <laughs> so... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this conversation because I've been on your show a couple different times um, and it's nice to have you back on mine and, and you know, let's, let's kind of keep the, the collaboration going. And I'm just curious, first out, right out of the gate, Larry, how did you get going with, with Dad Edge? Because that's, I've never even asked you that story. So how, how did all this come to be? I woke up one morning and I was like, I know everything there is to know about being a man, husband, and father. I need to share this with the world. (laughs) (laughs) And if you believe that, I'll I'll tell you another one. No, man, my, I, this was born out of absolute strife and struggle and banging my head up against a wall, patience, dark times, dark thoughts, dark childhood, you name it. Yep. It was, it was all that good stuff. I mean, it really started, I guess, with my childhood, and, you know, my mom and biological father, they were married 1971, had me in 75. When I was about nine months old, they got divorced. Uh, my, my dad left after that when I was four. I believe he got remarried. I know that because he just celebrated his 41st wedding anniversary. Okay. I actually didn't, I actually didn't realize that until here recently. Uh, but, you know, I, I didn't know him at all. No recollection of him at all. In fact, I remember this like it was yesterday. Uh, and I'm 45 and I remember this 41 years ago when I was four, I was in preschool. I remember men coming to pick up their kids and I knew what a dad was. I, I, I knew what a dad was. I just knew that we didn't have one. And I, I was fine with that. I didn't, didn't think I was missing out on anything. Right. You actually. don't know what you don't know at that point, right? Yeah, you don't. In fact, it was kind of funny. What I, what I thought was is moms go out and they find a dad, like, you know, kids magically appear and moms then go out and they find a dad. My, okay. You know, my mom hadn't found one yet. That, that was okay. No okay. worries. And, and kind of funny story. When I was four, my mom brought home a man for the first time that I think she'd been dating for a while. And I'll never forget this, man. Like he, he came over for dinner. He was wearing like the 1979 like trench coat. He had the, you know, handlebar mustache, the feathered hair, the three-piece suit, the double Windsor tie. He was like a software engineer at a, at a company called City Corp. And he walked in. And literally at that moment, I thought he was going to be my dad. And I, that was the first question I asked this guy, you know, my mom introduced him. I was like, okay. are you my dad? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm already getting roped in. Right. And then when I was five, they did get married and they were married for five years. Every year they were married. It got worse. Uh, there was a lot of drinking. Uh, he was very successful white collar person, mm-hmm. ex-military. Very polite when sober, very mean when drunk. Okay. And my mom and him just really, every year they were married, it just got worse. And then they got divorced when I was 10. He left, never saw him again. Uh, When I was 12, interesting thing happened just out of time. I won't get into the detail, but I actually met my biological father on accident. Okay. And totally happened as a fluke. And I, you know. I was asking a lot of questions about where I came from because at that point I knew my father who adopted me at four was not my father. 
And so I had this relationship. He had been married, I guess, seven or eight years at the time, had a two-year-old son, another one on the way. And man, I was so happy. Like we hung out for a good six months. And the best way I can describe it was like the last month or two, it just seemed weird. Like something was really heavy on him and I couldn't identify what it was. I just knew something was off. Right. And then we just had a discussion one day and it was kind of, you know, it's not you, it's me. And we went our separate ways. Okay. And it was, it was tough, man. I'm not going to lie. I think I kind of, at that point, like really kind of gave up as a kid, failed the eighth grade, gave up at F's in every subject, had to do eighth grade twice. My mom was in and out of marriages. She got married three times. Every guy was like the same guy. It was right. just like right. alcoholic, rage, all that stuff. So there's a, there's a definite so, pattern kind of going on through all of this that, that you're, you're just kind of, oh, hello, this is, there's, all right. Yeah, just all right, here we go. Different face, same guy. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's the way it felt. Uh, so I'll finish the story here. I, you know, I went to college, graduated college, got my degree and started in pharmaceutical sales, medical device sales. And, and then one day I was meeting a friend for coffee and, you know, I was 30 years old. I was married, had a son on the way and who, co- who came walking in the door for his morning coffee, but my father, my biological father. Okay. Hadn't, hadn't seen him since I was 12. And then the last time I talked to him was that conversation. And, you know, we, uh, we ended up talking and he came over and here we are 15 years later, we, we have a relationship. And then to answer your question, uh, you know, where the, where the relationship is and, and why good dad project, why dad edge, I think my, I was a dad for six years. So I was 36 years old at the time, six year old, four year old. I was your typical guy, right? very short on patience, really wrapped up in my career, didn't know much about marriage, struggled with communication, finances, patience, the whole nine yards. And and, and one night, my anger got the best of me. And I spanked my four-year-old son, who's now 12. I spanked him so hard, he hit the ground. And it was in that moment, I was like, something's got to change. Like, this is absolutely unacceptable. Something's got to change. And it was that night I went into my office and I did what every adult does when they have a dark moment. I went in and checked my Facebook and, okay. and I saw, you know, in the lower left-hand corner, create a, create a page. And I, I don't know what it was in that moment, but it was good dad project just rolled off my heart mm-hmm. and onto that, onto that screen. And, um, I just, it was a surrender. Mm-hmm. I think at that point where I was just like, I don't have this all figured out. And, and, I just need to learn. I need to treat this just like anything else. Yeah. I hired counselor counselors like yourself to just help me, give me a point in the right direction. I, you know, coaches, mentors, I was reading books. I was doing the whole nine yards. Uh, 2013, start the blog, 2015, start the podcast, 2016, start the mastermind. And man, we've been off and running ever since. Yeah. And yeah. And it's a tremendous resource. Uh, I mean, the times I've interacted the feedback I get and even just the poking around, it's, it's a great resource because that's the one thing I have found and you can, and you confirm it that uh, we're hungry for information and men particularly. Uh, but there's that bravado and that taboo of, uh, can I ask, <laughs> can I ask for help? Who do I turn to? Cause I, you know, we got to act like we got it all together, it seems, but in reality we're, we're human and we're trying to figure out how are we all doing this better. So, in the journey you've had with this, what have you seen um, that are the challenges fathers and men secondarily, but fathers particularly face today? What are some of the bigger ones that we that we are up against? 
Well, gosh, you probably know this better than anybody, right? So I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but what I've seen is men are very eager to learn like, hey, how do I create the marriage that I truly want? In our community, we call that the legendary marriage. And we just don't, we don't know how to navigate that relationship. We're just not taught. And a lot of us have the example growing up that maybe wasn't ideal, mm-hmm. right? And we're just trying to wing it. But you know, here's, here's the crazy thing, right? And I think you understand this, obviously. But it's almost like if you were going to go to school and you have your PhD, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's almost like you go to school and first day you show up, you know, you don't even have your undergrad yet. <laughs> like, hey, guess what? Guess what? Okay. We don't do PhDs anymore. We don't even do undergrad anymore. Hey, today, Corey, you're a doctor. Today, yeah. you're Dr. Corey Allen. There you go. Congratulations. Yeah. You're going to go see patients. You're going to help them navigate life and relationships and self-confidence and, you know, all these different things that people go through. Don't worry. It'll be the best time of your whole life. You'll figure it out. Right. It, and all of us look at that and we're like, oh my gosh, that's unheard of. Right. Like I would never, same thing with a firefighter, same thing with a cop, anything, right? But when it comes to our relationships, why is that expected? Right. You know, but but it's the norm. Yep. And, oh, and especially if you're a dude, God forbid you ask for help because then you're broken, then you're weak, you're this, you're that, I can't figure it out on my own, I'm, I must not be a man. It's all these lies that we tell ourselves. And I think that's one of, I think, several. Another one is patience, patience with our kids, out external stresses, patience with ourselves, the conversation we have between these two ears. Yep. That really hits us hard. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the final thing that I've seen is that men so badly, they want these things to be fulfilling. They want their marriage to be fulfilling. They want these amazing experiences and connections with their kids and they just don't know how to do it. And they're not in an environment where they can be like, Hey, how do I, how do I do this better? Right. Yeah. That's that, that's that whole vulnerable stance, right? That it's, it's, how do we find that place where I can ask the questions and not feel the fool or embarrassed, even though it's maybe embarrassing to ask those questions, but to be surrounded with people, they're like, Oh, thank you. Someone's asking the question I've had going. I mean, that's the experience I've had a lot with this show. Uh, and just across the years of interacting with people and couples is like, Anytime I'm speaking, I know you speak it as well, a lot of different places and times. And, and I love my, my particular style is more dialogue than monologue. And I love when someone's willing to say, ah, hold on a sec. And they, they ask it and you can see at least four or five, six other people going, thank you. I was wondering that exact same thing, (laughs) right? Because a human condition truly is, we are not all different as much as we like to think we are. There is really a ton of similarity in things. And so if one person's got a question or a struggle or uncertainty, you know, other people do. And so finding valuable communities like that, that, that allow you to have the freedom and the respect to ask the questions, I think is so big because you even alluded to it. Don't we, we, we all have a trouble getting out of our own way and out of our own heads a lot of times. We do. And I exactly, I mean, you couldn't have said it better when you're in a room or in an environment where you're able to ask those questions, you know, as a man, we love to contribute. We love to give advice and strategy and share our own experiences. When you're in an environment where you're like, Oh man, like I might be here to work on this, that, or the other, but whatever, you know, Brad's going through, man, I've been down that road. I know exactly what he's going through. I can give him some advice. And then on top of it, yeah, it's that environment of psychological safety where, you know, it's, it's not just, 
oh, it feels really cool to be authentic. It's actually celebrated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's actually a celebrated thing. Like, Hey man, like that was pretty darn brave. Like that was pretty amazing. That was, that was courageous to share what you just shared. So thank you for mm-hmm. blessing the rest of us who didn't want to speak up and talk about those things. <laughs> right. And then they actually earned and will garner more out of that experience because that's the whole, you know, Brene Brown talks about that with vulnerability, that it begets vulnerability. You know, when one person's willing to share, even if what's, re- what's responded to in kind isn't in lockstep or the same experience, you know, like you alluded to Brad, that, oh, yeah, I've been down that same road. Even if there's a group of people that you've never experienced what some dude just unloaded, there's still that element of the human experience of, I understand stuckness. I understand feeling isolated and alone. And I can bond with that feeling and that experience and recognize, you know what, dude, even though I don't have any clue, Brad, what you're really facing, you're not alone in facing that, though. You need something, dude. I'm here. And that's, that is huge. Amen to that, man. You, you, are, you are dead on. We'll be back with more of our conversation right after this. I'm not sure if this is a confession or not, but to everybody out in the SMR nation, uh, you and I, Pam, are not huge live TV watchers. Right. Yeah, no. When we watch, we want to be able to pick whatever it is we're watching. Right. So, well, there's a world of entertainment options out there. And by that, I mean, there's a lot of compelling shows to choose from. But perhaps you didn't know this, Pam. There's also a lot of international shows that we may be missing out on. (laughs) I love So it's time to burst the domestic TV bubble and check out Acorn TV, which is a sponsor for today's episode. Sweet. So British accents, you know, they're pretty charming. They're pretty cool. Love them. But I also love the mystery, drama, and comedy woven into the fabric of British entertainment because it's really like nowhere else on the planet. Mm -hmm. Acorn TV is a commercial-free streaming service that's rooted in British television. It's home to sophisticated and artful storytelling with top-rated mysteries dramas and heartfelt comedies and so much more and unlike other british tv services acorn tv has content from ireland canada australia new zealand and beyond so we can even watch the stuff from down under mate or do they have your homeland scotland (laughs) i don't know they do have (laughs) scotland actually i saw one of the shows from there the other day sweet so perhaps you're one of the millions that fell in love with downton abbey So if you are, you're a fan of quirky British comedy, then they have one out there called The Other One, which is actually a story of two sisters from very different worlds that had no idea that the other existed until their father died. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) There's lots of shows to pick from as well, with new ones added every week. So I always can find something new to watch on Acorn TV because it's loaded with thousands of hours of binge-worthy content, and you and I have been known to binge some things occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have. And you can stream all this on your favorite device for just five ninety nine a month. So we watch it both via Roku or on our laptop. It's so easy that you can take it anywhere with you, everywhere you go. So take advantage of this offer and escape to Britain and beyond without leaving the comfort of your seat. Try Acorn TV for free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use our promo code SMR. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV with the code SMR and you get your first 30 days for free. When you're talking about, because I know with, with Dad Edge, obviously with the title, you know, it's, 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 it's aimed at a certain group of people <laughs> that's, that's easily distinguished just by the title. But when you're talking about fatherhood, 
what have you also come across? Because you and I were talking ahead of time that marriage is one of the ma- a big topic in your podcast as far as popularity. Um, how do those get in the way of each other? What what have you kind of come across where you know fatherhood impacts husbandhood, if you want to make up a word, and husbandhood can impact fatherhood? How do, how do you see those two playing off each other in good and bad ways? That's a great question. Uh, I think I, I would love your professional opinion on this. And the way my wife and I operate and the way that I truly believe that works best for us is that my wife and I put each other first. We put each other mm-hmm. before the kids. We just do. And and that's not to say that our kids are not important. Our kids are very important. And when I say they're second, I'm talking like micro, micro, micro I, of percentages, right? I get you. But let's clarify, though, because I, I can jump in on this with the psychological component yeah. of it, because the, we get into this hierarchy thinking that if one exists, then the other can't, rather than we live in dualities, right? That I have, I mean, I know you have multiple children. And so one of the things I'll ask people a lot when I'm speaking is anybody that's anybody in the audience that's got more than one child, I'm like, okay, which one's your favorite? Because every parent will immediately go, oh, I don't have favorites. I love my kids equally. I'm like, no, you don't. You love them differently. And it's not a hierarchy. It's unique to each situation and each person. And so I want to at least add the clarification because I completely agree the marriage comes first. It existed before <laughs> the kid. The relationship was there before the child. Even if it was a short-lived relationship before the child came around, it still was chosen first. And so when you can keep that as the forefront of, you know what, this is a priority. doesn't mean I'm throwing—I agree the same thing with Pam and I. It's not like I throw my kids outside, fend for yourself, because this is mom and dad time right now. No, it's— this is time that we're honoring for ourselves because like you're describing, you were there before them and you'll be together there after them. Yeah. You know, agreed. I, my wife and I, we really look at our relationship as the foundation of the house. Okay. Right. If the foundation is crumbling, that's not good for anybody. It's not good for me. It's not good for her. It's definitely not good for the kids. That's stress. And that, you know, that, that, that spills over on them. Right. Right. And they feel that. And, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up with seeing successful marriages. I grew up with the opposite. But here's what I will tell you. I was blessed with this amazing grandfather that was married to my grandmother for 53 years. And that man loved that woman to the day he died. And he let everyone in the room know it. Right. No matter how how old they were. He (laughs) always was. He would always hug her, always kissed her, always told her she was beautiful, like all these things. And it was I didn't appreciate that when I was younger, Mm -hmm. but man, I appreciate that now. And I truly feel that my, one of my jobs as a father is to show my boys, because I have four of them last Mm -hmm. time I counted, there might be more, but (laughs) (laughs) last time I counted, there were four, uh, 14, 12, six and four. And my job is I, I want to show by example, this is how you love and treat a woman. And this is how you have a successful marriage. Cause as much as I respect, love and honor my wife, she does the exact same back to me. And mm-hmm. we, we share that stuff very openly. And back to your question, I think that if we allow ourselves to cultivate that relationship, cause I think men in general, they feel pretty darn good about the other aspects of their life, whether it be work, right. parenting, their health, their finances, all these things, if that relationship with their wife is operating on a pretty darn good level. And if it's not, 
it seems like all the other parts are just like, uh, it just doesn't feel like it's everything it could be. It's right. like stressed and burdened and like, you know what I mean? It feels heavy. Yeah. Well, that that's the, that's the research that comes out that shows that when a marriage is good, it, it accounts for a smaller percentage of happiness quotient. But when the marriage is struggling, the pressure is so much more. It's not, it's not correlated, right? That it's, it, it carries much more weight on the rest of your life and the happiness of that or the quality of that. And so I think that's what you're describing is just, the, and I love the concept of it's the foundation. It's the foundation of the house. And if there's weak spots and it's sagging or crumbling, then those are things that need to get shored up. And that, that helps everything else kind of fall in line better. I totally agree. And I, again, I think it boils down to, I, I think we, I think we can all teach our kids like a really powerful lesson. If you have boys, you've got a tremendous opportunity to teach your boys how to treat a woman. Yep. If you have girls, you have a tremendous opportunity to treat, to show this is how you should be treated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is what a good relationship looks like. Yeah. Well, I have a 15 year old daughter and I, my goal has always been, I'm setting the standards so high. No other human male species creature can meet it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And you have firearms. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it, it is important. So, um, have you seen the reverse though of how husband can really impact fatherhood and a negative, I mean, what are some of the negative things that can happen, right? Because that, that is kind of a balancing act. We, we get, we don't talk much about this. I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head too, that, that I can really focus on one and it's good, right? Because, but we're talking about two different roles that men play because it's very easy to go, I'll just be good father and I can wear that label. But I could also go, I'll just could be good husband and I can just wear that label. But the goal is I got to do both got to do both. Yeah, without a doubt. I think the skill sets are equal, right? When it comes to the prioritization of I mean of the relationship. My my wife does come first. And like I said, it's like micro, you know, percentage points, right? Okay. But I think being a father, yeah, especially especially that male role, you know, the fatherhood role. You know, we've got an opportunity. I think if you talk to most men, most men that, you know, they, we have a father wound of some, some sort. Right? right. And I think the generation of fathers that you and I grew up with and then their generation of fathers, you know, they were providers, right? That was, that was their identity. Yep. I, I put, I put food on the table. Right. Yep. And we, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, I'm, I teach hard work. Right. And I'm not a f- empathetic feely type of dude. Right. And, um, but what I think we're seeing now, and you would probably know better than me, is we see we're having a generation now of fathers who are very eager and they're very aware and and they want more they're mm-hmm. like i you know i don't know if i had every bit of my father's attention but now i really man i want to dive in right but the gap is that that i see anyway is that they're like i, I want to be all in like let's do this I, I i want a communication i want connection i want experiences like i want to cultivate this relationship but i don't know how to do that mm-hmm Right. I don't necessarily have the tool. And here's the other thing, too, as you know, in your practice, men will sabotage themselves. You know, if we can't do it and we have this for some reason, we have this view of it that it should come naturally. And if it (laughs) doesn't, oh, we're we're just failures and we're terrible. Right. Right. We just released a course on patience. And 
patience, I, I mean, is probably the number one Achilles heel that I hear when it comes to men and raising their kids. Like, oh, I just, I struggle with patience. And when I tell guys, as I'm sure you do as well, I was like, man, patience is a skill. It's a practice. Okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come naturally. It right. just doesn't, you know, your reactionary primitive brain is reactionary. It's not necessarily, it's not, you've got to build in that skill to create response and not reaction. Right. And I think when men hear that, they're like, oh, so I can actually learn the skill. I, it's okay if it doesn't come naturally. Yep. And I think that's dead on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that. It's funny you use that concept and that, that, that phrase, because this is one of the things that Pam and I and all the different church life groups we have ever been in, in, in our marriage thus far. Um, if we're a part of that group, inevitably when it comes to prayer request time, someone's going to say, I need prayer. I need patience. And I am really quick to jump at, be careful what you're praying for here, because I believe it's a learned skill like you're describing, right? I don't, I, I'm sure God could do this where he just bestows upon Larry here. Now you're overflowing with patience, but typically it doesn't work that way. You know, patience is learned. And every time I can go back through the history of my 49 years at this point, every time I have prayed for patience, Inevitably, within the next two weeks, some of the most annoying relationship have first surfaced in my life, and some of the most frustrating circumstances have surfaced in my life, because I think that's the opportunity to learn patience, like you're describing, that it is a higher level processing thing. And I loved your phrase right there of, I got to move it from reaction to response, because that's the whole goal in the game anyway. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's pattern interrupt, right? Right. When my, when, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be our kids, it, you know, as well as I do, men are, men are challenged with things all day long. Right. Every single, you know, people need something from us every minute of every day. And sometimes by the time we get home and by the way, but when we get home, unfortunately that's the skill set that we feel least competent at because we're like reactionary we're very hard on ourselves we self-sabotage we should all yep. over ourselves all the time i should be better yep. you know i should be a better father i should be a more patient father and we we do these things that sabotage us even worse but you know that we we do these things i think in the morning right when we get up that just completely set up our day for absolute disaster. You know, if you're if you're waking up and the first thing you're doing is checking this thing, which if you guys can't see it because we're on audio only, it's your device, right? It's your, right? it's your phone. If you're checking your email, your social media, and your text messages, you are coming out of your sleep state, whatever that is, and then all of a sudden you are in fight or flight. Yep. And it could be like, not necessarily like a dinosaur is going to come eat you, but like, oh, hey, you need to submit this expense report or like this person texts you, you need to respond. Oh, this person wants this over email. It's like all these things. And suddenly we're, we're ignited. Yeah. Right. And it's not even 630 in the morning yet. And yeah. we're like, oh, I got to do all this stuff. Yep. And by the time, I mean, think about that. You're literally starting your day by hitting the gas pedal, going 90 miles an hour in your brain anyway. By the time you get home, no wonder you're so overwhelmed. No wonder you're so burnt out. No wonder you're so reactionary. Because some of the first things we do in the morning are the worst. Right. 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 So instead, you're talking about how do we disrupt it right from the get go, right? Which maybe means put in a different ramp up procedure, like set a set a time a time frame. Like this is when I can finally check email, or this is when I can finally. Because I love the idea. Because you're talking just boundaries. That's it's it's the importance of. I mean. It's, it's funny you say that because I check, I grab my phone, 
but not before a cup of coffee. Yeah. Right. Good I, for I, you. I right? start. Yeah. I start that coffee first. Yeah. And so maybe I even need to get better at just. I'm not even going to grab any device. I'm just going to sit and enjoy that cup of coffee more regularly. Right. And, and maybe that helps ramp into it a little bit slower and a little bit more engaged. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, even part of the course we just launched is there's a whole section in there, a morning routine. And man, do I get it. Sometimes if I, if I see one more morning routine, <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. But it is. It's so important. And, and you got to have a structure of a morning routine that is going to, to start the day off with some calm. Mm-hmm. You are your for, first agenda, so you can then selflessly serve on a more profound manner. And I think a lot of us do the backwards part. I, I had a, I had another podcast guest describe it to me like this, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, man! No wonder we're so short on patience. No wonder men are so reactionary, but women too." You know, if you when you're connected to your mobile device, right, and you you get up first thing in the morning, it's almost like between emails, text messages, social media all the apps you have to keep up with, right? Like your Fitbit app and this app and that, and your school, there's kids school stuff like, Mm -hmm. and then your kids on top of it, everybody you work with, then your spouse. It's almost like right when you wake up, you're walking into a crowded room of 100 people and all of them are tapping you on the back. Hey, hey, Corey, hey, Corey, hey, Corey, I need it, Corey, Corey. And no wonder by the time you get done at 5 p.m., you're like, I just want to kill somebody right now. Uh Like, why do I want to do that? You know, but that's, that's what it feels like. Yeah, and that's and I'm hearing this whole thing will also overlap into the into the life of a woman, right? Of just it's the same context of I, I hear this on the from the flip side for a lot of women, especially the ones that have children at home and have the blessing to be able to stay because they choose it and like I'm involved and then they're desperate for just don't touch me. Just don't need something from me. Right. That I love this, the, the picture I've got, and I've actually was told this from my grandparents uh, who raised twins. My mom's a twin, and there would be days when he would be walking up the street, my, my grandfather, and, she, and grandma would be waiting, and as soon as he hit the front door, one of the twins is handed straight to him, and she is walking away, out the door, down the street, and that was just a signal of, I can't take, I got to have a breather. You know, I got, I got to just disconnect for a second. And I think that's kind of some of the same kind of pressures that we have on us that how do we respond to not just react to? Yeah, agree. I mean, that's why I think that this is, it's a practice. Yep. You know, it's a, it's a discipline. It's these things that if you can calm your mind and not only just calm your mind, but if you can recognize your triggers, Right, the things that trigger you. I mean, I'll be very transparent here. I created this patience course. I podcast about this stuff, and right now, you know, in our mastermind community, between the mastermind community and the podcast, we're creating a lot of new resources right now. Mm-hmm. So my attention is spread into many different things right now, which leave me at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, right. right. And then four four boys on top of it, four energetic boys. So I actually made an appointment with my counselor. And I told him, I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah, I know the skills and I know what I need to do. I, for some reason, I'm just not doing it. Like, right. I don't know what's going on. He's like, well, tell me about your day. And I did. And he's like, all right, so you're done with work at five. He's like, you just walk out of your office into the, you know, 10 feet into your house. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, so you don't do anything to break the cycle of work mode into now your dad mode. It's kind of like you're, you're, yep. uh, was it your, grandfather right yeah here take this twin yeah. right and he's like he's like what do you like to do 
I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I like fitness. I like to run. I, pl- I play guitar. He's like, what if you took 10 minutes, played guitar, or went for a 10-minute walk? And yep. be like, guys, we'll be back in 10 minutes. Yep. And, I, and of course, it's like, it's like Captain Obvious, right? Especially guys who sit on your side of, of the room, right? And I'm like, this was so simple. Mm-hmm. I could have taken care of this months ago mm-hmm. if I would have just asked for the help months ago. And I was like, wow, what a great idea. I did that feel so much better. Yeah. Just that one thing, that one tiny tweak. Yeah. That's the whole create and margin and the, and the transitions that we have in life, right? That I, I got this and I transitioned to the next and how do I have a margin in between those two? Cause that's an incredibly important skill. Absolutely. So Larry, I, I got to man, thank you so much for the work you do and, and the words that you're sharing and the skill sets that you're providing. So for those that are in the SMR nation, that are not familiar with Dad Edge and everything you do, tell them how they find you and a little bit about what they would find. So everything right now, we've we've had the gooddadproject.com website for, gosh, seven years, almost eight. And so every, everything's there. Our podcasts are there. Patience course is there. Information about our mastermind. We have almost 500 members in our mastermind, men who do life with us. Um, it just so happens in November and December, we're actually doing that exact thing where our content, our focus is creating more patience, much needed around the holidays, November and December, since we're all like a little bit more stressed out, especially yep. with all the wonderful things that have come with 2020. Um, Instagram, you can find me at the dad edge, my YouTube channel. We just started really, you know, so funny. You'll appreciate this. You've been podcasting a long time. I started mine in 2015. I was like, yeah, we don't really need YouTube. It'll go away. And now I'm like 600 plus episodes of Dad Edge podcast. And I'm like, we should probably start putting this on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you can find us at Good Dad Project uh, YouTube channel. We, we post now all of our podcasts and a lot of different uh, videos on there for men. Perfect. Well, Larry, thank you so much for just speaking to our kind <laughs> because the, <laughs> the, the voices are definitely needed. And so... All the best and blessings on that work and on the family. I appreciate it. And, and bottom of my heart, for those of you guys in the audience who listen to Dr. Corey Allen, he's come on my show a couple times now. You can't ask for a better guy <laughs> when it comes to, uh, and he didn't know, he did not pay me to say this. I, I genuinely believe, like, I'm a big fan of yours. I have been for a long time. Uh, what a tremendous resource for your audience and, and what you're doing in the world. So thank you. Well, that's, that's very kind. Thank you very much, man. It is a great privilege to be able to meet and interact with people that have similar goals. It is. Right? Yeah. Right? That, yeah. That you come across Collaborate people. Collaborate with. Right. You come yeah. across people. It's like, sweet. We're kind of all heading the same direction. Mm-hmm. That target might be a little different as far as the, not, the niche or the, the, the audience, but man, it's all still about just, let's just make humans better. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> if, if we just bare bones this thing, right? Right. That, that that's what we're hoping for is just how how does each person recognize I'm not in this alone problems don't last forever there's solutions that can be found there's groups that will help mm-hmm. uh, there's allies out there um, that's what that's what the Sex Day Ranch Radio Academy is is that's allies right, right? right. and it's where people can come as couples and share stuff or some of the times where it's really special where you start to see um a husband shares something that's going on and some of the other women jump in and say, well, here's, that, here's how I hear that. Or you can reverse, reverse the genders. Of, right. Here's how I hear that because you don't get a lot of chance to bounce stuff off of a, a huge group of people right. very often. Right. 
that don't have real shady ulterior motives. Right. Right, <laughs> right. right. This is truly about, let's all be better. Let's do. And that's what we're hoping here at Sexy Marriage Radio, is that we're all being better. Mm-hmm. Because when that happens, man, everybody's better. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If there's something undone that we need to cover, uh, go a different way or... You got questions, let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks again for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. See you next time.